This episode of the Check Out This Record podcast is brought to you by GuitarExclusive.com. Visit now for buying guides, reviews, and more. GuitarExclusive.com. And welcome to the Rock, Rock, Rock and Roll podcast. Check out this record. My name is Mark. And with us, as always, is a man the goth wave passed right the fudge over. It's Frankie D. Ah, that's right, Mark. You're Dracula. Ain't got clove cigarettes on me, my friend. Oh, welcome back to this show, friends. Remember, you don't have to smoke cloves to be goth anymore. <laughs> Plus, you can find Check Out This Record on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Amazon Music wherever else you may find the finest of podcasts. Heck, Frank, we're even on YouTube. That's right, Mark. You know, new episodes, they drip to the drop directly to your goth ears every Friday. Mm. And of course, I'm covered in all this fake blood, everyone, for your listening pleasures. Yeah, if you're on YouTube, you know exactly how much fake blood Frank's covered. And here on Check Out This Record, Frank Uh and I, we take each record down to the basement and beat it within an inch of our lives. What? Uh, while we're down there, we also uh, indulge in a wide array of musical discussions, like in our Spotlight series, where we'll dig into a band's catalog, like a couple of grave robbers, uh, and see what's buried in there. Is it Peter Steele's much sought after mummified dong, or a treasure trove of goth metal previously unknown to, well, well to me and Frank? <laughs> or, you know, Mark, in our verse series, we pit two albums against each other and they duke it out. And maybe I'll do Peter Steele right here. Total stereo domination. Uh, not, not quite Transylvanian enough. Yeah, I don't know. Not, I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> now, if uh, social media is your thing and the Dark no. Lord knows that it is, uh, be sure to check us out on Instagram. Uh, we have a Facebook Facebook group as well where we like to drop additional content because sweet dreams are made of cheese. Love it. And don't forget to pop over to the world famous tube of the U and watch us as we make these ridiculous faces as we try to put the show together. And who knows, maybe some exclusive content is coming. We always say that you definitely don't want to miss it. So be sure to fire off a click on that old subscribe button. Frank, um, I've been in love with uh, well, well, goth babes mm. specifically since high school. Mm. Uh, the wild outfits, uh, mm. the clothes, yeah, uh, the bitchy attitudes. Mm. Uh, I was into all of it, you know, but the music. Oh no, man! What what did you do? Well, I I just kept listening to uh, like decent music, like punk and metal. Uh, <laughs> duh, <laughs> duh. But, uh, over the years, I've discovered that. Ooh, I got a burp. Um, but there was so much more to the genre than uh, obsessing over Trent Reznor or Tori Amos, you know, cliche industrial bands covered in glow oh, that are yeah. body paint uh, and poorly played synthesizers. It turns out there's more. Uh, don't get me wrong. That all that stuff was definitely part of the 90s goth aesthetic. It was. It, um, was. it probably wasn't as bad as I remember it, but but maybe it was. Of late, I've discovered a great deal of post-punk bands uh, and metal bands all citing uh, different bands inspired uh, from the goth genre. Uh, So I've been spending a little bit more time kind of trying to dig in and find what's interesting and what's inspiring these bands that I do like. 
Uh, you know, so uh, a lot of people brought up bands like Suji and the Banshees, yep. uh, Joy Division, which is still a hard one for me to swallow. Me too. Uh, Bau- Bauhaus. Um, and of course, The, the Cure. Um, I, I, so, you know, um, so listen, I did what any dude who's been in love with goth babes would do is I reached out to my goth babe friends and I was my like, man. Hey, uh, what should I be listening to when it comes to like, to the metal side of goth music? And the conversation would always end up on typo negative. So I figured that seems like a decent enough place to start. And, and amongst the different conversations, uh, the consensus was that, that you and I should start with October Rust. And that's, that's why I picked it, um, you know, as, a, as an entry point for you and I to explore the sounds of goth metal. Mm. Uh, Frank, I told you this wasn't metal we listened to uh, when I presented it to you uh, in the last episode. Was that a fair statement? Oh, oh yes, my friend. This is like metal with with trimmings uh, of goth and hints of doom. So I, I definitely, you set me up perfectly for that one. <laughs> yeah. Uh, sorry about that. Um, <laughs> no, here's okay. a brief background on the band and October Rust before we uh, we light the candles and get down into the dungeon. Yeah. So uh, the band is made up of Peter Steele on not a porn Oakland star, not a porn star. <laughs> well, actually, he was in Playgirl. Yeah. Um, so uh, Peter Steele on lead vocals and bass guitar, uh, Kenny Hickey uh, on backing vocals, acoustic guitar and electric guitar, uh, Josh Silver on backing vocals, keyboard synthesizer, sound effects, and Frank, this is important, yep. drum programming. Ooh. Now on the album, Johnny Kelly is credited with drums and percussion, his first album with the band. However, he was credited for playing those but did not actually play on the album. Okay. I couldn't tell you why. Um, I wasn't there. <laughs> the American goth metal band uh, was formed in Brooklyn, New York, uh, way back in 1989 by Steel Hickley Silver and uh, a gentleman by the name of Sal Abaruscato. I probably said that wrong and I don't really care, who would be replaced first by a drum machine <laughs> uh, and then later by Johnny Kelly. Peter Steele... Uh, was known for his lyrics that focused on themes of romance, depression, and death, uh, resulting in the band gaining the moniker of the Drab Four, <laughs> a play on the Beatles' Fab Four nickname. Oh, man. Uh, though none of the people I talked to about the band actually used that phrase. It was on the internet, so I guess somebody's used it once, right? I assume I so. Back out, and I went, "Oh, I heard this phrase," and they were like, "What are you talking about?" So, anyways, um, the band had a platinum-selling album in 1993's "Bloody Kiss," which is actually the the, the second runner-up for the albums we should have listened to, or could have listened to. And the album we're talking about uh, tonight, "October Rust," went gold, believe it or not, Frank. Wow. Uh, Typo Negative would release seven albums, two best-of compilations. And uh, a handful of concert DVDs uh, before the unfortunate passing of Peter Steele on uh, April 14th of 2010. Uh, and the band decided to dissolve. Drummer Johnny Kelly said, quote, even if there is somebody who could take his place, it wouldn't matter. We don't have any interest in continuing. It's impossible. It hasn't even come up in any kind of discussion. I mean, I feel like it was probably the discussion that he's having this quote for. Anyways, right, right. Died, <laughs> typo negative died with him. 
end quote. Uh, it is worth noting the drum machine was not available for question. <laughs> um, Frank, let's uh, let's get those cloaks on and dive down in the darkness, shall we? Oh, let's goth rock and roll, my friend. All right. Let's start with uh, first impressions and the cover of the album. Four very thorny stems uh, of flowers. I would assume there are roses, but you know, there's ste- there's got to be thorns on other flowers too, right? With typo negative, uh, turning the corner of the top right, uh, and then... Um, October rust kind of down in the bottom left, uh, kind of catty corner or whatever. That's, you know, when it's when, mirroring. Yeah. Right. Um, what'd you think, Frank? G- give it to me, Frankula. Yeah. Walking into this, you know, as again, a metal item, a metal album, excuse me, with like a sprinkle of goth. I was surprised to find so many ballads on this record, mm. you know, with the title of rust, uh, I was striking a correlation of rust, what rusts metal, metal rusting, therefore heavy metal uh, mm-hmm. from my prior research. Uh, and, and so many of their tunes were were just soaked in uh, like sex, which made sense as Steel was a sexual icon of sorts to many women. Uh, uh-huh. Now, I expected songs more along the lines of I know you're bleeping somebody else. Uh, from previous records, but once I opened the Xmas present, it was it was ballads and a new young cover. Yeah, pretty crazy, right? Yeah. Um, so track one into uh, Bad Ground, which refers to the, the ground wire and a speaker cable, uh, and no title, referring to the fact that it's not really a fucking track. Um, right. So these first two uh, were a, 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 a joke on behalf of the band. It happened on the actual release. If you're listening now on Spotify, they only have the um, sort of the remastered version holy shit brain um anyways the the idea was that it's on both of them uh the idea was that it would sound like your speaker connection was loose uh and make the listener you know go fuck with their speaker before they actually started listening to the album and then the band comes in you know and having a good laugh and introduces themselves and says yeah oh hey hey, um (laughs) yeah thanks for picking up the album an odd choice but yeah okay yeah frank you got anything (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it's 96, so I can see where tracks like this could fit in as a segue into an actual album. I mean, listen, it's okay. It doesn't add anything to the overall product or presentation. So. No, nothing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so track three, Love yes. You to Death. Oh, thanks, Mark. Um, in her place, 100 candles burning as salty sweet drips from her breasts. Her hips move, and I can feel what they're saying. Swaying. They say the beast inside of me is going to get you, get you, get. Oh, yeah. Frank, let's focus. Uh, excuse me. Let's forget those first two tracks. This is uh, what has defined the subgenre, right? It's got these chugging guitars, dramatic lyrics. I mean, the chorus to this is let me love you to death, right? Hypnotic kind of cool synth part uh, and a steady robotic drum that fills in the soundscape actually kind of perfectly. Like the robotic nature of it really kind of works for it. Um, I think I'm, I think I like this so far. <laughs> What'd you think? So listen, very hypnotized and mesmerized mm-hmm. by this like brooding Danzig of a baritone voice over these mm-hmm. chunky guitars. Uh, Steele's voice is very confident and the conviction in which he sings the song really proves the passion for what they were trying to create. It really uh, it's sells a, it. Right, really sells it. And and even watching interviews and stuff, you could tell like they they sought out to to do to do this. Like this is this is the intent right here. Uh, mm-hmm. It's ambitious for sure. I could though 
I could imagine myself if I was watching this live, I, I could find myself eventually getting bored. Yeah, yeah, I can understand that for sure. Yeah, yeah. Uh, track four, be my druidess. Mm-hmm. Uh, Peter Steele doing a lot of heavy lifting on the bass here. Um, with dare I say, kind of a sexy bass riff. Um, you can hear the drama of the genre in this song, uh, the moodiness, the obsessive nature, the fact that he sounds like a Transylvania uh, Barry White. Uh, Frank, <laughs> I'd do anything to make you be my druidess. Uh, two actual tracks in, will you be said druidess? I, I was born to be your druidess, brother, so you know uh-huh. that. You know that. Thank Listen, I, I'm surprised how thus far how barren these tracks feel and unreliant on the guitar like mm. it's really amazing to me uh there's a space feeling uh to the song that allows you to drift into the place of uncertainty which i totally appreciate the ending for me though with steel's voice which is like in the basement of the baritone world mm. that's personally just not for me i find that oh. very corny and unnecessary i actually think the song would have benefited if that part wasn't there really yeah interesting okay yeah Okay. Track five, Green Man. Turns out this song isn't about smoking weed. Ah. Weird, right? Uh, we get lots of imagery of the sun here. And uh, I felt like the band did a good job of exp- uh, expressing those lyrics musically. By always, uh, always did a great job, uh, though they did a great job bringing the darkness of winter and filling uh, na- nature's seasonal circular cycle of life. I kind of wrote that weird. Uh, you greening out yet? Because I would rather be. <laughs> Listen, for a song about green, which emulates images of lightness in my mind, uh, there's mm. a lot of darkness here. And even though I'm not like over the moon with the song, I appreciate the balance that they proceeded with in here. And, and the effort's entirely there. So yeah. a lot of these, I say, are just kind of like personal choices, but you can't mistake the effort that they're making. Oh, for sure. For sure. Yeah. Uh, track six. Track six. Red water Christmas morning. Oh, um, oh, oh, oh. I like the placement of this song on the album solely because the last song ended with uh, the death of winter. And this right. one begins on Christmas morning and everything is dead. Kind of. But the narrator, it feels uh, even the Christmas decorations are dead. Um, it's got that seasonal depression sound that you'd expect from any band with goth as one of the labels for what they did. Uh, I dig the atmosphere they create with the, the kids crying and the broken bottles. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it goes on like just way longer than it needs to, or that I would care for. Uh, I'm not a fan of the sudden ending surprisingly, because I was just wishing it would end. Um, so, I mean, it was satisfying, but it was like, man, that could have happened way sooner. So I say this, Frank, ho, ho, ho. Oh, hoeing all the way, my man. Yeah, our, our attention spans are definitely challenged with a record like this. And you know what? Game on. Let's take on the challenge and, and let's make it Double Dare style. Uh, I, I do like how it picks up with Christmas morning with Steel. Uh, when Steel is singing, though, the funny part is the stockings were hung. I almost thought he was going to blend it with uh, Twas the Night Before Christmas. <laughs> 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 I, I was thinking he was gonna go right into that for like a minute uh, i i noticed that there isn't much in the way of tempo change uh, on the song and the others just an observation for the writing and the composition it's like they style. had a robot playing their drums or something absolutely steady all the way and then they just move <laughs> from song to song right. like you the sudden stop i didn't wish 
I, I wish it didn't occur. Uh, but overall, I, I did like the song. <laughs> oh. uh, track seven, My Girlfriend's Girlfriend. Uh, oh, the Joys of Threesomes here, Frank. This song reminds me of uh, my days working security at fetish parties. They didn't play this song or I didn't recognize it if they did. Uh, this track pulls away from the uh, overall feeling of the album so far, which is kind of a bummer. I like that it was all kind of a cohesive theme, but we're getting a little bit of separation. And I guess that's just bound to happen. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. I do like that it was a much shorter track, uh, a yes. little more rock nature to it. Um, you know, the the overtures or whatever it is we've been getting up until now. Um so for whatever it is, I kind of like it, but it's kind of weird. It kind of makes me uncomfortable. Uh, Frank, does my girlfriend's girlfriend do anything for you? Oh, they, they sure do. And listen, I sure as hell remember those fetish parties that you used to work. So <laughs> he, he never went to a single one, folks. I did. I didn't. Did I? No, it's no. all right You're, for the for the better. OK, <laughs> <laughs> but I told you a lot of stories. So, yeah, it's, oh, it's yes. like he was there. Yes, I was. Yeah. Uh, you did, and yeah, it's like I was there. Mm -hmm. uh, so the beginning totally actually hooked me in, and then still mm. does the intentional and almost unnatural baritone voicing, which loses me. I'm sorry. The rolling of the words doesn't help the case. I really feel that this could have been a standout song if Steele sang it the way he did on the beginning portion of the album, because to me, it actually had all the elements, especially in the beginning. I was definitely bobbing my head. I'm like, all right, here we go. Let's get, yeah, get a little bit of the, the metal that we were promised. Uh, track eight, Die With Me. Mm. Uh, this one uh, opens with the sound of an airport and an acoustic guitar. Steele gives us his best uh, Transylvanian lament over a girl uh, leaving at the airport. Maybe it's his girlfriend's girlfriend or just his girlfriend, but I can't be sure. The band does a gr great job. I'm not just blowing the doors off as they come in, rather just building and building around Peter's voice, like the rising tide creating a dark but beautiful opus uh, in parts. Uh, the odd name dropping of uh, JFK, KLM, AT&T do blend into Steele's vo vocal delivery. And if you're, you're not really paying attention, they mostly go unnoticed. However, if you're, I don't know, doing a podcast about it and reading along, <laughs> they feel pretty fucking silly. <laughs> Frank, which one of these arms are you dying with me in? Oh, man. All of them, of course. But listen, this has been probably the most 90s feeling song for me. Oh, yeah. So many different pieces of the song from the acoustic nature to chugging guitars, including the solo. I actually prefer Steele's voice like this as you're able to hear uh, to me, more subtle desperation. And and I like that. I like it because it's so deep. It's so dark. And then to hear, again, that desperation, uh, just adds another element to me. So I like his vocal performance on this song, for sure. For sure. Excellent. Uh, so track nine, Burnt Flowers Fallen. It's a terrible title. Uh, <laughs> what's that? The Sound of Goats? Uh, no way this is going to suck, right? Uh, it's goats. I mean... <laughs> Uh, once the actual track uh, gets going, we get this acoustic strumming and a bit of a, a bongos-esque. Uh, I, I don't really know what they were trying to do there. Yeah, uh, I couldn't figure that part out either. <laughs> into like a, kind of a distorted rift and and still coming in with, uh, I, I kind of love some of these lyrics, so I went ahead and wrote them down. Yeah, I think she's <laughs> fallen out of love. Yeah. Uh, and 
lyrically that repeats like um like a bunch um he does add uh the word god uh to it along with uh some woes and some o's uh and then he goes into how she burnt all of the flowers he gave her um she would you probably got that from the title um (laughs) back to the tide analogy though the song rises and falls back and forth for the better part of six minutes i bet you felt every second of those six minutes so what do you do to make it through oh man yeah i really appreciate the opening verses with the guitar with what Mm -hmm. i would assume to be like a phaser pedal Uh, Mm -hmm. i I do enjoy the variety that this song brings even though again there's a steady paced nature it's a little more upbeat there has a little bit more uh, upbeat tone to it Uh, so to answer your question yeah damn right i felt every minute of of this song um and then some with this tune it took me a few times actually to get through it but mark i did it pal I'm so proud of you, buddy. Uh, you know, we should do track 10 in praise of Bacchus. Oh, Bacchus. Yeah, Brooklyn in the house here. Old what, what? Red Hook Road. Look, oh, yeah. real talk. I'm impressed with the drum machine right here. Whoa, it hey. Build hey. the changes and it gives way more depth than you would expect out of a program drum machine, especially up to this point. As you've heard me and Frank say, that drum machine has been on set it and forget it. So the fact that they played with it here, <laughs> I'm open. Lyrically, I'm not sure what the fuck is actually going on in this song. <laughs> it sounds like Peter Steele was just kind of walking around Brooklyn, writing down things he saw and putting them in the songs. And then he was like, I'm going to hop on this train. And he tried to, to finish doing that. But maybe the train was going too fast. I don't know. Um, so he went back to whatever the beginning of this song is about. Um, Bacchus was a, a Roman god of agriculture, wine, and fertility. Oh, a lot of provided, stuff. Provided you believe in the Roman gods. Um, so this song probably has something to do with a, a combination of those three things or maybe just one. But I don't know. I, I do know that uh, the chick fucking hates him, which is just kind of all the songs about. Um how do you feel about him at this point? You you hate him too, or you just uh, just <laughs> listen to this album? Oh man, I, I wouldn't say that I hate Steel, but uh, I'm without a doubt. I, I feel like he knows he's he's got a niche and a certain way mm-hmm. of doing things, and he exploits that I think to his advantage. Uh, and I listen. I guess you can't blame him. He's doing uh, what works, but sometimes it does get a bit much. Uh, I'm sure you can pull up like have our episodes where I say, "Oh, the pace of the songs are the same, and the variety." Uh, this was a breaking point for me as this record. Uh, has without a doubt it's it's challenged and confirmed my stance uh, about the pace <laughs> about pacing of songs <laughs> yeah no that's fair um track 11 cinnamon girl mm, little cinnamon uh, it's that's cover time frank uh you are the resident uh neil young head amongst us how how do they do with this very industrial uh sounding cover yeah, you know, there's a lot of young out there that I'm unfamiliar with. However, they did a commendable job here with this classic song and transformed it into a mid-90s industrial goth rock tune. It was a nice addition to the record. I'm not sure, though, it's needed. I'll take it. I'm saying it's take it. I'll take it. For sure. But I don't I don't even know if it's needed. But, you know. Speaking of tracks that weren't needed, track 12. <laughs> bear with me while I get the title out. The Glorious Liberation of the People's 
technocratic republic of Vinland by the combined forces of the United Territories of Europa. God bless you, Mark. God bless you. At one minute and six seconds, the sound of jets screaming passed overhead and Peter Steele coming. Excuse me. I mean, he probably (laughs) was counting to five in German. I'm willing to bet that this was your favorite song, isn't it, Frank? Love you, man. Uh, you, you called it. This was my favorite. Uh, this is a constant repeat, and I'm elated that we're at the point of the album of where we get to a minute long song. So, yeah, Fuck yes. <laughs> All right, track 13 Wolf Moon, including Zonothropic Paranoia. I probably said that wrong, but Sound, you know what? Sounded good to me, man. Look, we can make up all the different names we want for werewolves we want, they're still made up. Um, the opening line makes me think that this was about a woman turning into a werewolf when they get oh. or that that women turn into werewolves when they get their periods. That's what I thought the song was about. Oh, uh, I could be 100 percent wrong, but let's face it. I never am. Um, I like that we're getting a, a little bit of story here playing into the dark uh, kind of mythos of the genre, really playing with the idea of fantasy. Uh, I wish this came a little earlier in the album. Uh, as my interests, I mean, I am I am so checked out of this record. Um, <laughs> like in terms of paying attention to it, I'll, I'll, in the recap, I'll, I'll explain a little better. Um, but uh, you know, I, I think it's kind of a cool track. Again, I'm just a little bit worn out at this point. Uh, you ever want to be a werewolf, buddy? Yeah, man. Listen, I'll take a being a werewolf, uh, and that's mainly because that would equate to me having the hair uh, on my head back. So, absolutely, dude. <laughs> Listen, yeah. like you, I wish this came earlier, like track three or four, uh, as I, I feel it engaged listeners more. Uh, and I think this song, again, you could probably find a million episodes where I say this, uh, suffers from album placement. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Uh, track 14, Haunted. Haunted. The last song on the album and we're back in that classic goth soundscape we get more of steel's uh, super lusty lyrics uh it's like the dude eats gothic romance novels for breakfast and i'm oh. not even like mad at him for it oh. check check these out frank yeah <clears throat> burning my deep with every bite kiss and lick i'm haunted Ooh. i'm haunted Ooh. I'm haunted by her. <laughs> Frank, what do you think of this love song for missing uh, for a missing demon from Hades? Uh, man, 10 minutes, right? 10 minutes for a song. Jesus uh, Christ, this is way too long. It's just, yeah, just overkill. And, and I'm not trying to let that deter me from having a potential from having the potential and ability to pick out if this is a good song or not. I'm really trying. So, yes, mm-hmm. this is a song. Uh, that's a bowl of gothic cereal, just as you said. And Steele, without a doubt, uh, eats it. And based on his physical built, I'm sure he poured almond milk on it. Because I don't think so, dude. Like <laughs> back in the '90s, being that big, that's you're eating nothing but but scrambled eggs 24 <laughs> seven. Or, true, like, or just just those rocky shakes of nothing oh, but like there you go, there you raw go. egg. That's Ugh. true. And almond milk wasn't even like a thing. Yeah. In the 90s. We, we hadn't found the almond titties yet. It was. <laughs> anyway, this song, I, it is a proper way to end the album, uh, even though it will, it will haunt me with this length. Mm-hmm. Uh, overall though, I, I am, I am just, I will say it's one of the better tunes on the album. Yeah. Fair. 
Fair. Yeah. Uh, now, track 15, uh, again, no title. No title. Uh, the band thanks us for listening and hopes it wasn't too disappointing. Um, oh, I mean, I, I, I wish I could write, have said that I wrote that as a joke, but I didn't. Um, let us uh, use that to lead us into our final thoughts. Frank? Okay. Okay. Let's do that. All right. So to no one's surprise, especially yours, this album was... It was a hard pill for me to swallow, right? When you when you unveiled this to me uh, last episode, I I cringed inside the way uh, that I would as a kid who would get like a suppository up my ass for <laughs> to bring down my temperature when I had the fever as a kid. Yeah. Ooh. Uh, okay. Yeah. I was like, ah. Oh. Uh, I feel now, like you got more of those than I did. Yes, I did. Um, ass jokes, and I don't know why I got them. For them. <laughs> if we could just talk about that for a second, it's, I mean, sure. No, I'm here. Mid eighties. I mean, uh, yeah. I guess maybe. Anyway, ass jokes aside, uh, I could see the attraction not only to steel. Mm-hmm. I'm not talking about physical now, uh, right? But to the band, I appreciate the effort to deliver uh, what was a progression for the band and in what they were passionate um, about. It, it, there was a again. I watched a couple of YouTube videos, and he is extremely intentional with what he was trying to do, from the band's physical appearance uh, to, to the songs. These weren't just this is the batch that came out, and hey, this is the album you got. Uh, this again, there was intent behind it. Uh, the lyrics are what you would expect. Listen, I didn't find them to be overly complicated, but they fit the mold of mm-hmm. the niche. I do wish there was some variety and tempo changes, and even more hooks to make the album memorable. Hey, listen, though, it is what it is. I also wish the guitar um, was more of a focal point, especially with the term metal being used to classify the band. But maybe, again, that's what the band wanted to have going on. It was a challenge, okay? And I tried my best to embrace it with an open mind. I I felt I did the best to my ability. Uh, And with that said, it scored uh, 5.5 out of 10 for me. Wow, okay. Look, I, I, I really appreciate the craft that goes into making an album sound this kind of grand and haunting. Um, lyrically, I dig that Steele plays up the tropes of the previous mentioned goth romance novels uh, and sets them to his own idea of what maybe they would sound like. Um, this still isn't metal I'd listen to, certainly not on my own, um, but I, I will be poking around their ca- catalog, seeing what else... Uh, and some of the heavier stuff and doomier stuff uh, they have to offer because it, look, there's a cover of black Sabbath on the remastered edition of this thing. That yeah. sounds cool as shit. Uh, yeah. I thought did. Peter Steele's voice was uh, so unique and powerful uh, hypnotic really that it's no wonder people flocked uh, to the band in droves. This gets a 6.5 out of 10 from me, uh, a healthy score considering it isn't really my thing, uh, but it was fun to, to play dress up a bit, um, you know, and I, I really appreciate like on that kind of dress up note, their commitment to this sound and style and aesthetic was so part of who the band was and part of the mythology of them that it's it's really kind of impressive. Um, so uh, with that said, Frank, uh, what do you say we lighten the mood with the game? Yeah, absolutely. And and just for the record, too, on, yeah. a, on a crazy note, Peter Steele was 6'8". He was yeah, six, dude was a monster. Yeah. 6'8". And see, I was I, surprised. I know how you love buff lead singers. I thought you'd really be into this. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you're funny. You're funny, dude. <laughs> Please see our episode on turnstile. Yeah, there you go. 
I, I mean, I did want to know what his routine was for working out, but yeah. <laughs> All right, Mark, I'm ready for a game. Let's do it. Frank, did you know there is a term for young people who take on the goth aesthetic, typically acquiring their wares from Hot Topic? I did not, my friend. So true goths, and I hope everyone who refers to themselves as a true goth gets mustard all over their butt plug <laughs> and it ruins their butthole forever. Uh, anyways. Um, all right. Um, they call these folks hot pockets. All right. I, I, I kind of love it. They call them hot pockets. Anyways, uh, this happens uh, with most sub genres, right? When, they, when they're having a bit of a resurgent, young kids from the suburbs typically all of a sudden are interested in their music and their scene. And, you know, the true goths with their butt mustard stained buttholes turn into elitists and dick bags. And, you know, they just kind of shit on the kids who are, who are essentially helping their, the people they love retire. Anyways. Yeah, well, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, it's their right, but it's still dumb. So I thought I'd play a game equally as dumb called Hot Pocket History. Oh. You ready? Oh, shit. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Hot Pockets is an yeah. American brand of this microwavable pastry known as a what? So you're asking me what the what is the actual... Uh, what is the name? What is the oh, style the of name? pastry called? It's yep. a tur- that's a turnover. That's correct. Yeah, correct. Hot Pockets was founded by Chef America Inc. and has unironically been produced. Uh, <laughs> excuse me. Uh, and unironically been produced by this company that is oh, better know. known for their yeah. chocolate since 420. Of O2. That's why it's <laughs> ironic because it's a stoner thing. Uh, who makes the tasty molten lava stoner treats, Frank? <laughs> uh, Nestle. That's correct. Mm. Correct. <clears throat> Hot Pockets <laughs> are known for their tagline Irresistibly What? I thought it's what you're going to eat. Hot Pockets. Hmm. Irresistibly good. Irresistibly hot. Oh, well, duh. All right. Yeah. It's in the right. title. Hey, Jeez. Yeah, I know. I know. Really, really smart stuff here. All right. <clears throat> this is a fill in the blank for you, Frank. Okay. In 1980, Chef America Inc. introduced the world to the Hot Pockets predecessor, the Tasty What? <sighs> oh, uh, hold on. It's, it was, uh, it's out, wasn't a turnover. It's like a sandwich. Uh, Tasty witch. Correct. Tasty witch, right? You know what? I forgot to write down the answer. And when you said it, I was like, that is correct. Oh, good. Okay, good. Yes, that is correct. Tasty witch. I remember. Yeah. All right. Question five is a little long, so bear with me. And it kind of looks like a Hot Pocket, I think, anyway, right? I mean, it basically was a Hot Pocket. They just, like, they figured out how to market it better. And apparently, Pocket is better than witch. All right. I don't know. In 2002, Hot Pocket products were a $2 million category of frozen sandwiches and snacks. By 2010, U.S. sales were down $44 million. Oh, God. From the previous year, only bringing (laughs) in $610 million in 2010. I'm not making this dude's name up. Paul Grimwood... 
Paul right. Grimwood. I mean, that's if that's not a goth name, I don't know what it is. Yeah, was he in typo negative? He might have been. Uh-huh. He, he programmed the first drum machine. Um, <laughs> took over Nestle's struggling uh, U.S. operations in 2011. Okay. And in an attempt to bolster the failing brand by improving supply chain needs, oh, here's that word cutting again. these two hot pocket brands, name either. 2011, what Hot Pocket brands got cut is the short way to. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to want to say one is the Calzone. Yes. Because I remember those and mm-hmm. I, then I remember them not being there. Uh, right. And the only other thing I could think of that they used to have are like were subs. Was it the Hot Pocket subs? Uh, I don't remember those. Oh, I, darn. The answer was uh, Quesadilla Lean Pockets. Oh, good grief. I like to okay. say Quesadilla. Quesadillas. All right. Last question. Most terrifying question. No. (laughs) In the year 2021, Mm, uh some batches of Hot Pockets were recalled because they contained what? Uh, That is, hold on. Uh, It was, it was, wait, it was plastic, right? Pieces of glass and hard plastic. Ladies oh, and gentlemen, all right. This has been Hot Pocket History. Oh, Frank, what are we doing for the next episode? Buddy? Oh, man. I didn't see that coming, my friend. <laughs> no, good. Peter Steele probably saw that coming. Ew. Ew. All right. <laughs> so, and just continuing with the 90s, and, and, you know, it's just something I've been listening to. Lately, their songs have been coming up, and I know we've talked about them, and you always mention them to me. And as far mm-hmm. as seeing their records, I mention them to you. But mm-hmm. I want to go back to an album that was impactful to me in high school. Uh, this is an album from '93. Uh, mm-hmm. The title of the album is "Music," and it's by Three Eleven. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I, I, I felt after this extravagant kind of goth anthem stuff, I wanted to lighten up the mood a little bit. I For wanted sure. to throw in some genres, some fun kind of fun songs. And really, you know, this is two albums prior to their their head of down where they became them worldwide famous. So uh, I actually feel the next album after this grassroots that happens to be my favorite. But I think mm-hmm. this is a really interesting collection uh and introducing the the world to all these things that they would throw in there there's some ska uh upstrokes there's uh, obviously the rap element to it um but i i really wanted to hone in on this record and and see what you you thought of it 311 there you go there you go so these first two albums to me they're my favorite um with the second one grassroots being the the latter or the the Mm -hmm. one i like the most um and then from there, you know, it's hit or miss, but these two, these two records, I like it. I want your opinion. So very cool. Very cool. And I'm, it was I'm a little... looking forward to listening to 311's 1993 release music. Music. Yep. 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 Pretty cool. So, uh, yeah, that's it. So listen, thanks for listening. Please subscribe. Leave us some comments. Uh, most of all, though, everyone includes us too. Let's mm-hmm. be safe out there. Yeah, please. Come on. Yeah, you know, uh, Frank and I love it when uh, you make it to the end of the episode with us. So let's uh, let us know uh, what you're listening to and, and make sure you're playing it just as loud as you can. Uh, until next time, there's only one thing uh, left to say. So if you say is. it with me. Oh, my, my. Oh, hell yes. Oh, bye bye. Bye bye. Peter Steele's mummified dog.
back to listening to our record, yeah.